Welcome back to Read by the Author Season 2. This is technically Episode 3, although I did record this at the exact same time as I recorded Episode 2. If you just came from Episode 2, you'll know exactly what I did. I split these up because this one is a little spicy, and it does require an adult rating for this scene. I mean, it's not crazy. It just, just requires it based on, like, YouTube's content ratings and stuff. So here we go. Eight. Two and one. Marcus watched me with an unreadable expression for dozens of heartbeats, tens of shaky breaths, an eternity of say-somethings. Side note, I'm really curious to see if this feels as um, steamy or as explicit as it used to feel to me now that I've been writing all of the Patreon stuff. I'm really curious. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Stuff that I will never read out loud, just in case anyone was wondering. (laughs) That stuff's not getting read by me. Although I do think it would be really fun to like have narr- if if we get enough patrons to have narrators read read some of them. Marcus watched me with an unreadable expression for dozens of heartbeats, tens of shaky breaths, an eternity of say somethings. I swallowed roughly as I held his gaze, refusing to look away, refusing to show weakness. Are you finished? His tone was cool, controlled. It was his on-the-brink-of-snapping tone, which always gave me shivers. I swallowed again and nodded. Very slowly, Marcus rose until he was standing at full height. He started prowling toward me around the edge of the fountain. I took a step backward. My delicate little butterfly. Colder, more controlled. I backed away another step. He sneered haughtily. My precious little flower. Ice and steel. I glanced behind me, looking for the gap in the hedge, seriously considering fleeing. It was a purely instinctive predator-prey reaction. I knew he wouldn't hurt me, not really, but I still never felt completely comfortable around Marcus when he was like this, unpredictable and domineering and absolutely completely in control of everything. I started to turn, started to take a step toward the opening. Stop, he said, and I did. I scanned the tall hedge, trying to come up with some way to defuse him, to take back some of the control. Those are the things I might have called other women, he said. Other lovers. His words stung worse than a slap in the face. He knew that one of my weakest points was my jealousy of the hundreds, maybe even thousands of women he had been intimately involved with over his long life. And he was prodding me, goading me on purpose. I narrowed my eyes. But never you, little Ivanov. I would never call you either one of those things. As he took a few final steps, closing the distance between us, he reached his hand into the right pocket. I glanced down as he removed the lapis lazuli falcon pendant, broken chain and all. You are the only woman I would ever call my she-falcon. The only woman I would ask to wear my symbol. The only woman who makes me feel like I don't have to hold back. I stood as still as LaDonna Triste as Marcus held the necklace up, knotting the broken chain behind my neck so the falcon pendant once again rested against my breastbone. You are the only woman who's ever made me feel like I've been set free. He ran his fingertips ever so lightly up and down my neck. 
and if I try to protect you from the hard truths. His fingertips traveled lower, moving over the bare skin on my shoulders. It's only because I'm selfish. He hooked his thumbs around the thin straps of my sundress and pulled them over the curves of my shoulders. It pains me to see you upset, and I don't like to be pained. I sucked in a breath as he started unfastening the tiny buttons running the length of the front of my dress. My heart galloped. I try to protect you because I love you, not because I'm holding you back. Never because I'm holding you back. Not with you. A flush spread over my skin as Marcus undid enough buttons that the top half of my dress slipped down, bearing me from the waist up. My thin, lacy bra was the only thing keeping me even partially decent. Marcus? I crossed my arms over my chest, protectively, and glanced over my shoulder toward the opening in the hedge. What are you doing? I need you to feel how much I love you, Lex. He slid his hands around me, finding and unclasping my bra within seconds. As he guided its straps over my shoulders and down my arms, he pulled my forearms away from my chest. I need you to feel it, to understand. I need you to understand. His lips were suddenly on mine, silken and feverish and greedy, and his hands were behind my head, tangled in my loose waves, running down my back, hitching up my skirt. His need, his desire, was so intense it acted like lighter fluid on my own, and heat blossomed low in my abdomen. Yes, I realized, this is what I need, to feel how much he loves me, to feel him. My fingers found his belt buckle as he pushed down my underwear, and I had it unfastened by the time I was kicking the lacy fabric away. Marcus broke our kiss, and, gasping for breath, I looked down as he knocked my hands away. With a soft grunt, he opened the front of his trousers so roughly that the top button popped off. He shoved his pants down, freeing himself as he dropped to his knees and pulled me down onto his lap. We both groaned as he sank home, filling me completely, almost too much. With a hiss of pleasure, I rocked against him, savoring the feast of sensations, his hands gripping my hips, his breath hot against my neck, him inside me. His fingers clenched, holding my hips in place, and he pulled his head back so he was gazing into my eyes. Close your eyes, he whispered. Don't see. Ever so slowly, achingly so, he lifted me, then lowered me back down. Don't hear. He repeated the deliberate motion. Don't smell and don't taste. Again, just feel, my Lex. Just feel. A hoarse sound that was part laugh, part groan rose from my chest, and I grasped onto Marcus's shoulders, feeling the hard muscles bunching as he continued to move my hips, gradually increasing the pace. I focused on nothing but him, nothing but the sensation of being joined to him, to the mounting pleasure, to the burgeoning ache, the devastating amount of unbridled love. His breaths were coming faster, harder, as were mine. Do you feel it? Do you feel how much I love you? And I could... His love for me was a tangible thing, a cord stretching between our hearts, resonating with the intensity of my own feelings for him. 
and it thickened, strengthened, solidified as our souls merged, making our bond even more unbreakable. He was inside me, not just physically. His ba was intertwining with mine, making us, for a few glorious minutes, a single, unified entity. I feel it, I breathed. (laughs) This is the part that gets me. Oh, God. (laughs) Embarrassment. I'm gonna drink some wine. Oh, God, Marcus. I feel you. (laughs) I feel you. Your pa. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I couldn't do that, like, super emotive. It's just too... My fingers dug into his shoulders as my pleasure swelled. Yes. Marcus hissed, and there was no more talking. There was only a brief eternity of ecstasy as we relished being truly joined. 9. Future and Past I think we missed our meeting with the realtor. I tapped my toes against the surface of the water in a haphazard staccato rhythm. I was sitting at the very edge of the pond, my knees drawn up to my bare chest and my arms wrapped around my thighs, Marcus was sprawled on his side behind me, still wearing all of his clothes, tracing hieroglyphs on my back with his fingertips. He chuckled, the sound low and silken, going a long way in recharging my spent desire. We can reschedule. For tomorrow? I craned my neck to look back at him. He shook his head, his golden tiger eyes filled with apology. It's too dangerous right now, little Ivanov. I wish. Sighing, he shook his head again. It doesn't matter. It's just too dangerous right now. I offered him a small smile. It's okay. I understand. Looking back at the fountain, I watched the water ripple around my toes. Does it bother you that you can't remember me from before? I heard the rustle of clothing, then felt the press of soft lips against my shoulder. No. Why not? because it hasn't happened yet, for you. I'm still holding out hope that one day you'll unblock my mind, and I will remember. That is the end of Resonance. Thanks for listening. This was the conclusion to season two of Read by the Author. I will be back. I will either be back next week with World After with uh, Lindsay Pogue, who's my co-author in the ending series, and then we're currently working on the ending legacy, which World After is a prequel for that, or I'll be reading Time Anomaly. So yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, I'll be back.